Once upon a time, there were two badass women who thought mom brain was complete BS. Then they had babies, became besties, and decided to start a podcast to talk about how they were totally wrong. Welcome to Blame It On Mom Brain. Welcome back to Blame It On Mom Brain. I'm Amanda. And this is Jodine. There's a lot that goes into the journey of motherhood, one of which is surrendering to the fact that you will likely be doing a whole bunch of tests and appointments and learning a little bit about the bump, but also learning a whole lot about the things that it takes to monitor the baby and the bump. And that's what we're going to be discussing today. So I can't wait to dive in because I actually don't really know how the ins and outs of your experience went, Jodine, in terms of doing these tests. And did you know that there was this whole onslaught of tests that would be taking place um, once you did get pregnant? Yeah, I knew that there was going to be a lot of tests. I didn't know how many tests there were going to be. And last episode, we finished off saying, you know, we went and saw our ultrasounds and that was kind of like a starting point for when we started believing we were really pregnant. And I had my appointment with the doctor and the first thing she told me to do was start taking prenatal vitamins, which I know a lot of people start taking prior to becoming pregnant, if you know you're trying to become pregnant. Um, One thing I didn't know was folic acid and I just quickly looked up folic acid It says it helps form the neural tubes, which is very important because it can help prevent some major birth defects in the baby's brain and spine. Mm, Yeah, I didn't know what that was, but that was like the main thing that they kept talking about was make sure you have enough folic acid. And I had to start taking iron supplements because I have struggled forever with my iron, which is, I think, not special when you're a woman. (laughs) And I'm the same. Yeah, for the first time ever, my iron went up pretty high while I was pregnant because no period, which is like the best part about being pregnant other than creating a baby, but no periods. (laughs) That was was awesome. I love that. And then we had the 10 week ultrasound and then the blood work. And I think, oh, and the genetic testing, which was interesting. Genetic testing was an option. And they asked if I wanted to pay for like the fancier private genetic testing It was also more so to get faster results so that you could find out sooner about like the chromosomes and if everything was looking normal. And of course, also gender of baby and things like that. I had heard of it. I had many friends who had paid for it and just they were like, we want to know soon if things are all looking okay. And and others were just like, we just want to know what we're having ASAP. Mm, Okay. Yeah, I just, it's so much being thrown at you, like in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> so, here, so here's all the things that you have to do and all the options that you have and decisions you have to make and just keep hoping that your baby's healthy. Yeah. But speaking of gender, during that test, Neil went with me to the test that day. He also needed to get a blood work done. And I'm really glad oh. he did because I almost, I started fainting after that blood work. Because I think my iron was so low and they were just taking so much blood out of me all the time. So during that test, we were in the hallway to go into the blood work place. And they gave us the paper and we would have to check off these things. And then it was the gender thing. And to be honest, we did not discuss this. Oh, no. Prior to. We got there and then I looked at him and I was like, are we finding out the gender? He's like, why do we need to know? And that was his response what do we need to know for? And I was like, um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I had no genuine reason why we should find out. And then I was like, well, I guess we're not finding out the gender. 
that was like the only input he had about anything. So I was like, all right, let's let's go with. He doesn't want to find out, so I was very okay with that. I didn't want to find out enough to like fight for it. Sure, and yeah. I'm really glad we didn't find out. It added a lo- another level of kind of excitement on top. And whenever people were like, oh, I can't believe you don't know. I was shocked by how few people don't find out nowadays. But my answer was kind of like, you know, when it's Christmas morning and there's a Christmas gift underneath the tree, you know, you're getting a present, but you don't know what it is. That's kind of how I felt. (laughs) You know, you're getting a present, but you don't know what it is. But you could peek and find out what it is, but you'd ruin a little bit of that surprise. (laughs) So That was kind of how I how it made me feel and it didn't bother me after a while it just kind of became fun okay so how did you guys decide to to just pick the gender or not pick the gender but well yeah um we had decided we did want to know we were curious enough and, and if I can just say like I am that person who will like god this is terrible but I'll like read about how a book ends on like Wikipedia while I'm reading the book because I'm so eager to get there. And Will's like, that's a nightmare. Why would you do that? Nobody should ever do. You're the one that peeks at their Christmas present. (laughs) Yes. I, oh no, I won't do that. But it's like, (laughs) I won't do that. But I can just relate it more to like movies or books where I'm like, I want, I'm dying to know what happens in this movie or this book. Like it's almost like the curveballs stick with me for, for so long. Whereas I enjoy knowing, okay, I guess it's similar to when people say, do you want to know why an anxious person rewatches the same shows over and over? Mm. It's predictable and it makes them feel comfortable and they can have it on and feel um, familiar instead of like the shocks and the suspense and the roller coaster ride. They already know what's about to happen. I I think it's similar to that. Mm. I, I can't say that for any of the very, very biggest books I've ever read, like I'm big into Harry Potter. I didn't. I didn't jump to the end for the Harry Potter books, but there have just been things where I've done that. And Will's like, blasphemy. Why? But why? And Will <laughs> um, and probably so- just was like, so go with the flow. He's like, okay, you want to find out then? <laughs> yeah. Like he was like, yeah, sure. Cool. Let's go for it. And, and also I think he was curious as well. And, you know, he, we would always just be like, oh, it'd be so cute if it were this. Oh, it'd also be so cute if it were this. So for either way, we were just excited. Mm-hmm. We didn't care. Um, we didn't care which way it went, but we were curious enough to want to find out on the sooner side. So I think, yeah, that curiosity helped us kick off that decision and it was an easy box to tick. Yeah. But it is true that what you mentioned about it's so few people who choose not to know these days, especially I feel on social media, you'll see, you know, the reveals online all over the place and um, some are more low key, some are bigger. We decided to find out, but we did it just for us. And we just told the family that we wanted to tell. And we had a girlfriend of mine in BC who was the only person who knew because I sent her the email with the answer. And I said, could you do something? Like, could you do anything? Cause I'm like, I don't have anybody here. And, and, and I know that you would make us feel so special. Can you like go to a bakery and get like a cookie or I don't know, get like a, like a, a sock and stuff it with a confetti or the word, I don't know, anything, just something that would make, that could just be for Will and I super private, but you would obviously get to know. And she was like, yes, sign me up. She was so excited. She's just massive shout out to my girl, Allie. And 
sure enough, she got her whole family in on it. It was so fun. Her and her daughters and her husband made a hole and sucked the, the yolk and, and stuff out of an egg. Okay. I was and, like, what are they sucking on? <laughs> yes. And, and then stuffed the hole with um, a scroll with the answer and glitter. Just oh. like like white glitter, but then in the scroll was would have been like boy or girl written yeah. on it. And so we had to like tap and crack the egg open and then all this dust went everywhere. It was glitter all over my living room. Um, <laughs> and then we just opened the scroll and we filmed ourselves reading the answer. That's cute. Yeah, it was funny. It was did funny. you, I guess it's so early at that point, but did you have a feeling of what it was going to be? It's interesting because we... I did have a feeling based on a dream I had mm. and I wish I had just gone with my gut because the dream told me that it was a boy oh. and I woke up very confident that it was a boy, but we also asked other people. We said in our family, just curious, what do you think? Like we want to run a running tab on who thinks what. And like 90% were like, Oh, it's a girl because my family has just produces girls. That's like this. My brother's the only boy. It's all girls. Oh. And so we're like, oh, well, yeah, we're, we're, we're bad bitches up in here. So you're having a girl. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> but then like five or six people were like, let's go. The, it's boy, team boy. You know, my brother was like, it's a boy. Um, so what <laughs> would you say were the pros of knowing the gender? Obviously picking out clothes was like the thing. Mm, I picked out no clothes. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't buy anything. No, I didn't buy anything. I had people give me, give me things that they were trying to get rid of on like Facebook marketplace, that kind of thing. Like, and it wasn't that I sought it out. I would have like friends who were saying, Hey, you're pregnant. I have a friend who's getting rid of stuff. Do you want it? And I was like, sure, whatever. But I was mostly <laughs> gunning for gender neutral things. Yeah. I find that for boys, it's often like dinosaurs, dogs, and monsters. Mm -hmm. And then, for, and, and it's always blue, red, brown, green. Yeah. <laughs> That's the color palette. And I, I'm like, Jesus, and girls can, pink and blue or pink and yeah, purple. Sorry, pink and pink purple. and purple. I'm like, we can be yellow. We can be red. We can also be pink. My baby looks adorable in things that are floral pattern. My man <laughs> wears things that are floral pattern. I'm like, why does it need to be dinosaurs and dogs? I think it's and and blue. Oh God, why does it have to be the color blue? That drove me batshit. I I wanted flowers. I wanted cats. I'm a crazy cat lady. I don't I don't have a dog. I've never no, had cats dogs. Cats are apparently feminine. <laughs> Cats are feminine. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and the only way you can do cats for a boy is if it's a fox. So oh. I was like, yeah, I'm like, fox are really cute, but I have nine cats. I want my boy to be wearing cats. <laughs> like I bought him onesies that said my mom's a crazy cat lady. I got him outfits that had cats on it. I, all his outfits had flowers or hearts or plants. Like these were the things that when I was choosing to pick because the things I was receiving was footballs dogs soccer monsters tr dump trucks and airplanes that was everything we were getting I'm like jesus christ i'm like this is so not me i'm like i don't even watch sports i'm not going to put footballs on him like and of course here's the thing too is that then you're like oh but this is your preference maybe he will like football all these things like it starts to you can really spiral into yeah. all of the things that you're like i shouldn't be doing this or or should i be doing this but i want to do this but i also don't know why i want to do this like you literally start unlearning or picking apart the reasons you think the way that you think. Mm -hmm. And it was very clear that if I went on Pinterest and I just wrote like boy nursery, just do it. Just go look that up and tell me what you find because it's everything I've just shared, except there's also sailor themed things, nautical themed. Oh, sailor. Things. 
Yeah, Sailors and jungle themed things. And so I was like, okay, I can do a jungles and animals and all that. That's a lot of fun. I, but I really enjoyed like the, I, I want to be so fluid in how this looks for us because that feels more true to my partner and I. So gray and yeah. green, but that's probably because my Pinterest knows that I like green. <laughs> yeah. You'd have to like do it through an incognito browser. It's yeah, not going to happen this, if you go on your account. This is looking very me right now. <laughs> looks like how I would decorate my living room. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it yeah. essentially has no personality, the boy rooms. They're so yeah. blah. Yeah, they can be. It's almost like you're afraid to use color. Or Yeah, there's no color. Yeah. And so I, I'm not like that. I really yeah. enjoy, like, I mean, he's constantly wearing a rainbow. Like, I mean, just all that. Like, I, I love it. I think it's so beautiful um, to not be limited by what Google says you need to, whatever, you know, like his, his you know, his room will never be blue. Not a day in my life. Like I, I, I not never. What if he grows up and he's like, my favorite color is actually blue mom. And you're like, it's well, not see, your favorite color. Exactly. <laughs> and then here's a thing where you're like, but this again is your, he may like the color blue may be his absolute jam in which case blue it is. Yeah. You know, I, I will know. let him, but you'll, run. you will never let him know. But on the inside you're like, damn. <laughs> I'm, seething. I'm like, God, you have no idea how hard I fought this. <laughs> Um, because no, it's going to no. be this rare exotic color that he's never seen before. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be like, what is, what, what is that called? <laughs> That's the color we never name. <laughs> he who no, shall not be spoken or Yeah, yeah, he will not be named. Yeah. That's the color who will be not be named. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know. What about you? Like, I... I don't know. It sounds like we sort of had opposites in terms totally. of shopping. And I also really don't like shopping. That's something that is always, I'm, I'm like that. I don't enjoy the, I think it's all the decision-making of it. Like I, I, I feel like I can, I, it can be exciting, but it, it wasn't at the time. I wasn't letting myself get really, really excited until the end of things. It was, I swear it was only like week 36 where I was starting to be like, nope, this is what I want. Uh, that whole box of the things that people gave me don't feel like our baby. It doesn't feel like us. It doesn't even look like us. We're going to, we're going to gift that for free to someone else who needs it. And we are now instead going to pick the things that feel better for us. And oh my God, it felt so, it, that started to feel really aligned. It's so interesting hearing this because I feel like I'm so opposite, but I think, okay. So because we don't live close to family, I didn't have anything really given to me at all. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like at all. So gender, as far as gender goes, we decided not to find out the gender and it actually became super entertaining for us to see how much it bothered other people that we didn't know the gender. It made oh, yeah. people nuts. Like people were like, how could you not find out? Oh my God, I could never do that. How are you? How on earth are you planning? <laughs> Which You're like, well... It's a baby either way, so pretty easily, actually. It really blew my mind to hear, especially that response. Like, how are you picking anything for your baby? Yeah. Like, your baby will just be, it's like our baby would be naked or something because we didn't know what to put them in. So we Funny. didn't know what she was. I always wanted secretly to have a girl. I'm okay. a little bit terrified of boys. So I convinced myself that I was having a, a boy. So even oh, when okay. she came and I was so nervous. So I had to like prepare my brain that she was going to be a boy for so long. And I think by the third trimester, I honestly did not care at all. I didn't mm. even, I had not thought about the gender whatsoever. I was like, this is a baby. And it, there was no gender associated at that point at all. Mm -hmm. One downside to have it, not knowing the gender, nobody wants to buy you clothes. 
at all. Okay. Like at all. If that's something, because people kept saying, oh, don't buy much baby clothes because people love to gift baby clothes. No. Yeah. Not when you don't know the gender. No. Okay. It's like there's no clothing that exists if you don't know the gender. That's so funny. It's so weird. So I bought, um, or a Facebook marketplace, I got some boxes of free clothes. I I really didn't care. I just put her in whatever. And she ended up being so small, I had to go get more preemie clothes to stick her in anyway. <laughs> so oh, man. she was itty bitty. Okay, so the other fun part about not knowing the gender was all the guessing games people played your entire pregnancy. I really enjoyed that. And I really loved hearing different people from different cultures, what their, um, you know, their thing was to guess. Oh, are you craving sweet? Or are you craving sour? Are you oh, I see. Yeah. high? Or are you low? Let me put this little piece of string in your ring over your hand and all these different things. And I think most people guess girl also on the Chinese birth calendar. Oh, I can't remember what it's called. Oh, I know what you mean. We looked at it as well. Go on. I was 93% chance girl. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What, did you do oh, that? Yeah, we were boy. How much? What, did you remember the percentage? There was no percentage. Oh, it's just okay. the one that shows you like your your age in the month and then you kind of come yes. to it. Is that not it? Uh, yeah, that it must be a different website. But mine oh, just yeah, gave it must me be. the answer. I, yeah, I didn't have like a percentage. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. Oh, it's Okay baby predictor hold on oh my god I didn't know there was yeah I just get the chart okay. is that not it I don't know I, I think I had mine told me I remember seeing 93% chance it was girl yeah it says mother's lunar age at conception and then Chinese lunar month at conception and then you kind of just come together and it no I definitely you. told I wouldn't be able to find it anyways but um I definitely had to fill my mine in like I didn't have to use a chart I put my this is the weird shit yeah. you do when you're pregnant <laughs> yeah you you start looking up things like this and or people send it to you yes. for you to look it up yes that's, well that's what happened to me oh you just found it yeah I just sent it over now when you you know you guys got past that saying okay we're not going to d dive in and 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 learn a little bit deeper there ended up being I guess some people who kind of hoped that you would um did you ever feel any pressure at any point to like want to want to find out or did you actually find it was like oh no now I don't want to know even better yeah, it was like yeah. totally like that but it was difficult because for Neil he never had to say yes or no to any of the any times they asked but at every one of my midwife appointments they said uh, you don't know the gender, right? And I was like, no. <laughs> so every time I was like tested, because um, I could have found out and not told him. <laughs> you could have found out by accident. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. sir, can we go back to the tests here? Because I, I actually, you mentioning this brings up a question. There's lots to do. Like we were saying, just vials of blood work, vials of blood work, um, ultrasounds, vaccines, all those things. Did you go alone? For most of them, yeah. Most of them, yeah. That, that one that I did for the genetic testing, they took a lot of blood. Um, and it just so happened Neil was going as well. And I'm so glad he did because after I left, I went downstairs. And I was finished first, so I went downstairs to wait for him. I sat down on a bench. And when he came out, I was laying on this bench on my side. And I was – because I, I had to sit – I could feel that I was starting to get like that like hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. And the – feeling fuzzy in your face and I knew I was about to faint so I I laid down on this bench and I started feeling so cold it was weird 
Um, so I was glad he was there with me for that one. <laughs> but the okay, ultrasounds, yeah. no. So ultrasounds is 10 weeks and 20 weeks. And I don't think I had any more after that. You don't have to. I mean, you don't have to do any. You don't have to do any of this. And I think that's what I started to feel was that this was a lot mm -hmm. of tests and blood work and appointments and this and that. And yes, I had opted to do that test. And so the blood work and all that came with it. But I know that they want to check and they want to make sure by checking that things are going well, everybody is healthy. And I understand the intention. I also grew to start feeling like I don't, we're fine. We're fine. I don't need anybody else to touch, to poke, to scan, to, I don't need it. And so I had opted not to continue any ultrasounds after like 20 something weeks that we did it. But, and this is where I think it's really important to start using your voice for things or to pick the right people because I didn't enjoy the way my midwife handled some things for me. Mm. And thus really what that means is that I don't know that I enjoyed the way I handled things because she would, she was like, if everything is looking fine, then we don't need to do another one. But she sort of made me feel like baby was small in some of the tests. Like she started to be like, mm, baby's kind of small or, or you have a bicornate uterus and we should really keep an eye on you. Everything. I'm fine. Everything mm -hmm. was fine. I should have just said like, I'm good. I'm opting out to not book anything else until I see fit, like, or to talk to you with questions I might have here and there, but I maybe don't want to be doing any more scans. Like, so yeah, it's absolutely possible that you didn't have anything else after that. But for me, she at like 30 something, 34, 33 weeks, like we went to one and then they scared the living shit out of me by making me go back three times doing three more scans in a day they even oh. sent us home to come back later to do more to measure him because they were saying abdomen is looking quite small we're not sure if it's the angle that we're getting or if it actually is in which case we need to make sure things are progress like god the worry that they that she and the ultrasound technician set into me that made me stress so much it was so a low in the testing aspect of it for me. I am small. I am small. The, like, I, I felt like it doesn't seem otherworldly that maybe the baby is not massive. <laughs> um, like, what what size are you weird. expecting? Like, is there a turkey in there that we're... I don't understand. <laughs> like, anyway. Like she was thinking her thoughts out loud to you. Yes, but she was stressing me as a result. I was yeah. so stressed the last couple of weeks because of that shit. And I really resented that. And anyway, this is why I'm saying like, it's so important that you listen to your gut and your voice and your mind. And that, you know, a lot of the things that hypnobirthing was preparing us for was for self-advocacy. And that was one of the ways where I remember being really stern in my mind on how I would approach it. But then she, she freaked me out that it was so much to the point of saying, oh shit, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe I should... And I don't like that. That was something I wasn't too keen on. I wouldn't go back with the midwifery that I, I had been recommended to. I have friends who really loved it, uh, their experience with that particular, you know, particular guidance. Um, and it is not one that I would revert, I would go back to. No. So um, I yeah. think that is something. So midwifery is not available everywhere, first of all. No, no. A lot of people like in Newfoundland, there's no midwives at all. Yeah. I yeah. loved my midwife. I'm I know. so grateful I went with my midwife, um, Zara and Zara. I had two Zaras. 
and um, I they didn't tell me anything about the size of the baby. First of all, I had no idea. Like she was really really small when she was born. They never once mentioned her being small. Hmm. Like so, I don't know because she was small and Romeo was not. He was. Seven? He was six pounds twelve ounces. Yeah, yeah, like that was so. Yeah, I mean, and five, how seven. much was Creed? Five. Well, oh, that's it. That's so funny. I, but that's what I'm saying. Like, and he was like bang on average. Like there was yeah. there was nothing to have stressed me or no. her to this space. But it certainly did getting those phone calls of saying like, "We need you to come back. We need to do more scans." I was like, "Is everything fine?" Yeah, because what but would like, happen if it what you know? What- I don't know. What are you gonna do? Like, what I, I have. I mean, I'm I'm late in the game. Like things, yeah. the showtime can be any time at this point. What on earth are we supposed to do about it other than just stress me out until game day? Like, yeah. I anyway, I I found I found that that was unnecessary in my opinion, and my whole intention was after that week twenty one to be like deuces. I'm not coming back. Like this is not. We're, we're good. Me and baby are fine. We don't need any more. But I unfortunately didn't have that. I think that's so important when you start your pregnancy that you, if you have the option, you pick someone that feels right for you. Your healthcare provider. I loved having a midwife. If you don't know what a midwife is, they're a person that specifies only in childbirth. They do go to university for four years. They're not a hippie weirdo that just (laughs) births babies in the woods. They, they, you know, you can have a baby in the hospital. Uh, You can have a home birth with a midwife. You can't do that with any other healthcare professional, only a midwife. A doula is not a midwife. A doula is a birth coach. And I think that's a little bit of confusion there. In BC, British Columbia, um, midwives are free you find out you're pregnant you can either choose a midwife or you can choose a family doctor slash ob if you end up having a complication at any point in your pregnancy while you're with a midwife you will get transferred over to a specialist to an ob but you won't lose your midwife you'll keep having your midwife kind of as like your family doctor position and they'll keep checking in if anything happens in birth that's complicated, you just still don't lose your midwife. Your midwife's still there with you. The OB takes over and your midwife still takes after your post, um, what's the word? postnatal care. Mm-hmm. And what I loved about the midwife, they came to me. I didn't have to leave my house ever. Midwife came to me. I had her phone number the whole time. I could text her if I had any questions and she'd call me back immediately. I love that she came to you. Yeah, I loved that so much. It was so great. And then my appointments were in her little clinic when I, I laid down on a couch. It wasn't very sterile. It, it, it was sterile, but it didn't have that like medical that hospital, feel? hospital smell like in yeah. the room because she was just checking the baby's heart rate and it, nothing was, you know, it was so much more comforting. I really loved the experience I had with my midwife. Um, and I felt like I could ask her any question I wanted and she wasn't pushy at all about things. So I think that's really, really important that you can say no if you don't have a relationship with your healthcare provider that feels right. At least in British Columbia, I know it's so hard to say this for everyone. It is hard because, you know, there are, like you said, some provinces, I mean, in Canada, but also places in the world where that's just not a thing. No. And um, I, I do agree with that. I think what's challenging is when you don't know right away because at the very beginning, we were like, oh, this is perfect. This is, feels like a good fit. And then with every appo- with every passing appointment, 
it got less and less like that. Mm. It became pushier. It became harder to ask questions. I did, but it became harder to get answers that made sense for us or, you know, gave the, the information or the stats or the details that we were curious to learn about, which is one of the beautiful gifts about being with a midwife is that you have that one-on-one time. They follow you closely. You can text them if you have questions. Um, the postnatal care is wonderful for up to six weeks. They come to your house. They try to encourage you to go for a drive, let's say, to their place for the first time um, with baby as well. Like there, there are good things about it, but I found that at some point it was so late that I was like, I'm not going to go look for a brand new midwife now, even though it doesn't feel right or not as right as it did. Um, Anyway, anyway, I think that in pregnancy, you're so tested all the time with going with your gut and then going with what somebody's telling you. And in any other situation, you probably wouldn't even hesitate. No, you're taught that you know nothing. You're taught that you shouldn't listen to your body, that you have to listen to someone that's looking for problems, essentially. I remember when my midwife, when I was getting close to full term, and she said, okay, if you go into labor, stay home as long as possible. (laughs) Because she said, if you go into the hospital, they are trained to look for problems. She said, as soon as you show up there, they're going to, they're going to find something that's wrong, even if it's some tiny little thing. And they're going to try and influence you to push this faster and faster. And it's, you're just constantly afraid. You're just so afraid of screwing up. That's how I felt. Right. Like if I did did this one thing, you're going to screw up. Yeah. And it's also a lot on your shoulders because like, you're the one carrying this thing and you're like, I'm doing everything I can to make things as healthy, as safe, as positive as possible. And then, you know, you get told baby's small and you're like, what could I have done differently? And they're like, oh, nothing. Like, there's nothing you could do. So I'm like, cool. So I'm I'm just part of the ride, but also in charge of this ride and also told not to trust my gut on the ride. But, oh gosh, it, it can be a whole bunch. So, yeah. And yeah, I, doesn't know what the hell to say. They're no, like, uh... Not even there for some of these appointments part yeah. of the time in terms of what, I mean, especially the time frame you and I had to navigate pregnancy like I mean he my partner was able to start showing up with me to that that multiple ultrasound day he was there for all of it um and then for later midwife appointments he started to come as well um he wanted to ask some questions that we were not really clear on and was like really certain to be there I really have to give it to Will like he he was part of every single thing. He did not skip a beat. He wanted to be there for all the things. He wanted information for all the things. And um, we had the ability for him to partake in the appointments. I tried to book them at times that made sense for both of us, um, things like that. And, and you know, he he was always cheering me on. What a trooper. All these tests that were made to do, like the group strep B test and and going for all the vaccines and then all the blood work, like he was just like, they're doing vial after vial or shot after shot. And he's like, you're doing great. He's afraid of needles. He's white. Aww. He's almost passing out in the corner. He's like, I don't know how, I don't know how you're doing this, but you're doing great. I'm like, are you okay? He's like, stop asking about me. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. He really, yeah, there's a lot. So, you know, I think it's really 
like you said, there can be a lot of fear instilled in the process. If you're listening to this and you're at any point in your journey, oh gosh, use your voice, use your voice, use your intuition. Um, let it speak up for you when you feel like you're being made to be quieter about things. Don't tell your partner, tell the professionals you're working with, say it out loud because you're voicing that into the universe saying, I actually feel this way, or this really matters to me, or I'd like to know this. And, and, and I mean, you can't, the only plan you can have in your process is to have no plan at all in the way of the birthing day itself, mm -hmm. um, because you never know how things are going to go. But, you know, up until that, like, do your best to really just tune into yourself and don't let the external things, like, create that fear so much. Because your body and baby are the greatest team, and they know what to do, and everything's going to be okay. I wonder if you were pregnant again, if, because you had that experience, if you could say to your provider unless it's something we know is a problem please don't tell me like, oh I would right something like that there's a lot that I think you gain in motherhood one of which is a roar where it may have been a meow that's how I've <laughs> I have always said it to myself yeah I I once would meow and now I will roar and I will not back down and a lot of it came from those moments that maybe I didn't love in the first experience. I regret none of it because it has helped me gain my roar. And I think that's one of those things that only life and age can teach you is that the things that you count as failure, the things that you count as like the misstep, the fumble, the bad experience, like those, the word, the adjective bad to explain it is really just, it's, it's an ego thing. It, it, it is just an experience. It's what you choose to do with it that can create a whole other reality or path or or things like uh, things like that and so I think for number two I would just be more aware of my roar that was always there the first time but I just didn't understand that it was not only okay but it should have been fucking encouraged mm -hmm. to use it that kind of thing what about you do, do you think within all these tests within you know not knowing the gender within you loving your experience with your midwife is there anything you would do differently on how all of that had to go like would you start pre taking prenatal vitamins sooner like what would you change with all of the tests and, and medical stuff involved I would hope that Neil would be able to come to more. I think the fact that he couldn't come to the ultrasounds had a little bit of a, he had a little bit of a detachment from the fact that I was pregnant. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> almost like you're just going to a dentist appointment. You're like, yeah, I'm off to my ultrasound. He's like, cool. Yeah. yeah. And I, unlike you, I remember you saying you could FaceTime. The place I went wouldn't let me do anything. I couldn't record. I couldn't FaceTime. Nothing. So I just had to go, I got the little pictures. My pictures were really shitty. <laughs> like, yeah. My, my 20 week ultrasound, like they're like, oh, that's her face. And I was like, what? <laughs> that's a face? I couldn't, I couldn't that's a blob. Tell, I couldn't tell anything. So maybe I went to a pretty crappy place. Maybe that's something I would change. I would go somewhere else for my ultrasounds. Mm. I would love if he could come with me. I think he would enjoy my pregnancy more if there was a second time. Because Neil really... I don't think he was mentally there for like fully realizing that I was pregnant <laughs> like for a sure. long time, maybe until we did the hypnobirthing class, it started to kick in. So that was something I wish, like I, I would hope that would be different would be the connection between him and the baby prior. He wasn't super interested in touching my belly or anything like that. I kind of had to like coax him into 
And someone gave me a fetal monitor for at home. And we used that oh. a couple times. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't know what that was before, but you can listen to the baby's heartbeat. So that was kind of oh, nice okay. because he couldn't do anything at the appointments. He couldn't hear the heartbeat. So that was fun. And I, he got to try and look for the heartbeat a couple times. That would be the thing I'd hope that was different because I really, I loved being pregnant. And we're going to have to do another episode on our pregnancy as far as trimesters and our, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like symptoms? Like symptoms? Yeah. Symptoms, yeah. So our pregnancy symptoms and different physical things that we felt during the pregnancy. I didn't really have any problems. I, I had an amazing pregnancy as far as the tests go. I was really surprised by the the glucose test for gestational diabetes. Mm, oh God, yes. I remember it now. Yeah, yeah, I need to drink that liquid and find out if you had gestational diabetes. That's a scary thing too. And they just say it like you know what it is. And you're like, yeah. wait, so I'm, I could be diabetic? Like, Yeah, yeah. And I know that there are a lot of complications that can result from that. And yeah. again, they're just trying to make sure that you are fine and babe is fine. But again, honestly, Jodine, that's another optional thing. That's oh, another thing. Sure. Yeah. You do not have to do that. I have friends who didn't. And I remember being slapped in the face with their answer. They're like, I chose not to do that. You what? Yeah. Wait a minute. You chose not to do one of the tests, but didn't your midwife like book it for you practically yeah. for how much she wanted you to do it? It was just like an eye-opening thing for me that I hadn't been doing hypno babies yet. Like right. we only started that class at like week 30. Again, that was so helpful, that course, because we talked a lot about the advocacy that it promotes. And I wish I had that sooner because I was absolutely dumbfounded that people would opt not to do it. Like it was almost like it wasn't even an option that even occurred to me. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I wish I, I had known if I had had an option and be like, yeah, I think I, I would like to do that anyway. But yes, of course, it's just to make sure that everything is on board because it can complicate things hugely. Mm -hmm. and, and these things are in place to make sure everyone's doing fine but they can be annoying or gross. And this one wasn't my favorite. It kind of exposes things about yourself that you didn't know either. Like if that's something that would bother you or not, knowing or not knowing about the test, like you might want to do the test just because you might have this thing weighing on you. Like, oh my sure. God, I didn't do this test. Now what if I have it? Uh, yes. I wonder if I would be like that. It didn't, that test didn't bother me actually. Okay. Yeah. So I did that one. One thing I did learn about gestational diabetes. So I sing in a choir and a lot of the women in my choir are Asian and they told me that people of color and Asian women are at much higher risk of gestational diabetes than white people hmm. yeah so I'd be really interested to learn more about how you know how and why yeah why I, I was really curious to know that because out of I think the moms that we had there, there's like four Asian moms that sing with me. They all had gestational diabetes. One of them oh, had shit, it okay. for every single one of her pregnancies, all three of her oh preg pregnancies, so much that she had to take insulin. <laughs> my goodness. I don't How know did that a single impact person her pregnancies? Uh, yeah, is, I don't either. Yeah, she just was able to get it under control. They, I think it's more common knowledge for them because it's more common that they would have gestational diabetes. But like no one I, I know like at least in like rural Newfoundland, I've never heard the word gestational diabetes from anyone. So, I mean, that's kind yeah. of proof there of like the the difference between people of color, um, white people with gestational diabetes specifically. I didn't know. Sure. So super random. And so maybe yeah, a little well, bit of white privilege seeking in there in another yeah, weird maybe. way. 
that we which yeah. is crazy i mean it's 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 woven into every single thing that we navigate down to the quality of how you're respected or seen in appointments like these. I think that's something I learned a lot about reading Um, the way that people of color can be overlooked or not treated with the same level of respect or attention that that is fucking ridiculous. There should be no differences. And it's it's so frustrating once you dive into things like that, like truly motherhood opened up a lot, which is sad because I I wish I had been more attuned to it earlier in life than just when it became relevant to me, which again, weaves itself right into privilege of skin color, right? So, you know, I I think that it's it's cool to be able to talk about it with other people to get their experiences on how the testing went for them and what it meant for them and how they had to maybe make changes to their lifestyle as a result or how it impacted them to even go and do these tests. And for me, I think one of the harder ones was the GBS test because I tested positive for that one. Um, And so it was one of the biggest reasons that birthday didn't go the way that I had hoped in terms of the more natural route. And it can, it absolutely can. It just wasn't for me in particular. So, um, and that's at the very end of your pregnancy, if you don't know. Yes. Yes. That's like one of the last tests you do. It's basically to see if there's a, a certain bacteria, um, up the backside. Yeah. The weird um, that test, can, super weird test. <laughs> yes. Like, uh, uh in, in your bum, <laughs> um, it can be for men and women. Anybody can have this. It's just that it's so unimportant in your health that you'd really only ever find out if you have it when you're getting tested specifically for it. Mm -hmm. And it's also something that isn't permanent. It can come and go by, you could have it for one pregnancy and not for another, you know, no matter how closely followed they are from each other. It was fascinating to learn a little bit more about it, but due to testing positive for it, I got opposite feedback that you got, which was when things kick off for you, stay home as long as you can. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what you got told. I didn't have for me. It was Exactly. I, that's how I knew you didn't have it because you said that. Because if you did, it would have been, we need to hustle if your water breaks because we don't want baby coming out knowing you're positive with that. We must treat it first with antibiotics so that by the time baby comes out, they are not negatively impacted by what it means to test positive for GBS, which um, can result in birth defects, really serious stuff, which is what I was taught and told which is interesting because my midwife even told me that we could treat that at my house if I chose to have a home birth exactly there's a difference between healthcare providers yes and so they made us hella panicked and um basically my midwife was like okay your water broke take a shower eat something yummy start driving over I'll see you in half an hour like Mm. but your water broke so it's time to come and so I was like okay there was no hang back, kick back, yeah, just get your so stuff, different. have a shower, eat something, but start coming now. We need to start with the antibiotic drip as soon as you get here. And I was like, okay. Cool. It's kind of the start yes. to how everyone says every baby is different, but everyone tells you to do all the same stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then like, yeah. every pregnancy is different. And But then you're getting all these different people telling you all these different things. It's just so overwhelming. Pregnancy and having babies is very overwhelming. Just even forget the fact that you're creating a human person that you then have to be responsible for and keep alive. It's also all the things in between. And so I'm really thankful to be doing Blame It on Mom Brain to talk a little bit about it because, I mean, it just goes to show that even though our experiences were different, yet again, there's this common thread of 
all the the mishmash of information that you can be given, how bamboozling it can be in the moment. And then also after the fact where you're like, can you believe it went that way? Can you believe you were told this and I was told this? But there's a lot to it, a lot of moving parts. It's both a well-oiled machine and also one that's falling apart, in my opinion. Like there's two different ways to look at it. I think um, talking about it like we're doing right now is quite eye-opening as well. So if you're listening right now and you have had an experience completely different to ours, please let us know. If you're a person of color, I would love to hear how you were treated in your pregnancy, what things that they told you you would maybe were higher risk for. If you have a history of anything in your family, how they approach that. And the more we talk about it, the more educated we all are and the more we can really get a voice if we're pregnant or if we're, if we're again pregnant. And I would also love to hear how you feel about gender. If you would find out the gender, if you wouldn't find out the gender. I know if I had another baby, I would still not find out the gender. It was fun for me. Do you think you would find out the I'm gender sure. again or no? Um, honestly, I'm flirting with the idea of not. I'm, I don't know that it would be... I, I don't know what value it added, but like you, I was like, oh gosh, if it's a boy, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I have no, no concept of what to do. So then when it ended up being a boy, mentally, I was like, oh, oh okay, it's a boy. It's a boy. All right, it's a boy. Well, we're gonna... And now I, I, oh my God, I can't imagine it any other way. I'm obsessed with this brilliant, this absolutely bright, curious, charming, stunning, adorable little man that I've made. But I also would be curious to know OB or midwife? What was your team, your birthing team like for you? How did it feel? Would you go with the same route for for another pregnancy? Or maybe you did go to two two different routes for two different pregnancies. I know we have uh, lots of seasoned moms who listen to Blame It on Mom Braid as well. So were things different when you did have babies? You know, like we're talking about a period in time in which our partners couldn't even be part of the experience with us for for many parts, um, as much as they could, I'm sure we tried to get them involved, but it was a, a weird season of the world yeah. in which we kind of had to go it alone for a lot. And I would be curious to hear how that went for you and was your partner intrigued, involved, present? Did it connect them to the bump before babe was out? Like, tell us on our Instagram, send us a DM or reply to our, our stories or posts. That would be so helpful because just like Jodine said, you know, the more dialogue we can have around all of our collective experiences, the more we can learn and gain from each other with, of course, respecting that again, these journeys are different no matter what everyone tries to say is exactly the same you're listening to two people who've had a lot of similar information given to them but delivered differently the information was delivered differently the day was delivered differently right so so just keep honoring again where your space is your gut your heart your babe you and your body know what to do and we can't wait to chat with you more on our next episode of blame it on mom brain see ya thanks for listening bye I swear. <laughs> <sighs>